feel dead. I feel dead inside. <laughs> this. I feel like just dead inside. We suck. Welcome to Season 2 of Hear Me Now, Brother, a show about media, art, music, and other things, and commentary from two aspiring media makers. My name is Seth Anderson, and my brother Nathan Anderson is here with me. (laughs) You always introduce me like that. We'll hear the expo. We'll hear the expo recording, and you do that. Did I do that with Dave? And somehow... Somehow, this is let's just talk about the phenomenon of the show, people. You know, or if they're just listening, there's a big brother, big big phenomenon. There's a brother dynamic going on here. Uh, When you when you seem to introduce me, or you just uh, like talk talk talk, (laughs) isn't they? Then he's like having a bad day or something, and people think I'm like the shy one. So it's like I don't even know how to get under that uh, from under that rock. When it was always like the other way around. But but I'm kind of comfortable being like just the shy one. I mean, why not, right? It's been said, and we'll we'll let the uh, we'll let the masses at large agree or disagree with it. But it has been said that I am the talker, and you are the cool, silent one. Even though I think it should be reversed. I mean, in our life, it's in my very life, much the reverse. You are the eater of life. The the, the jar is half, or the the glass is half full. Jeez, what the hell am I, Buster Poindexter? Or what? You're the you're the glass is half full. I'm. The glass is half empty. Most of the time, I hardly talk to you. When you come home at night, I don't want to talk to you. No. I really want you to get out of the room. I, and you say, what's going on? I, I really am annoyed. Well, you, it, you, it really pisses me off when I come in. Nine all times right? out of ten, I'm really no, annoyed. No, when, when I come in, yeah, but it starts off bad. Because this is, hey, this is, you know, let's flip the mirror around here. This is my side of it. When I come in, <laughs> when I come in, you know, I have like a long day, right? You know, I just, I, sometimes I just want someone to say like, you know, how was your day, man? You're always like... I come in and you go like Mm-mm-mm-mm! with your hand or something like <laughs> like oh no 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 you came in shh, on the sh- 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 you came and, in and I walk in my room and close the door and that's our that's our exchange after you came a, in on the what a twelve two. hour period I was watching the season two finale of Lost I was oh I interrupted your Lost I know but hey man how's your day pause a little bit maybe you know I, I haven't was, seen you in like two days I was at the point when uh it, it was tough well all you right were, don't all you right. get mad about that you get mad about that yeah. Like, well, you're just like, you know, you haven't seen me in a day. And then when you see me, you're pissed off. <laughs> That's well, I, cool. I remarked to somebody I work with today about how I am very selfish with my time because I don't really have a lot of free. Like most of the time, most of the time, I'm, I'm so guilty about everything that I just feel like I should be working on something at most of the time. And when I finally sit down and read or watch something, I get real selfish. Like everybody, you throw the world away. <laughs> I, I mean, because I've only got a half hour before I really have to go to bed for I know, something. Geez, how much, you know, Most how, how much you got to do here? What How much you got to do with me? Come on. When did life become really comprised of having to go to bed for something? Yeah. Well, everything's... Uh, you know, out, like, I mean, you've only got here, so much time before you got to go to bed because you got to do that thing. It's immediate that, life out here, man. It's immediate life. We're living, like, one minute at a time. That's what it feels like. It feels and those, like no minutes, other way. those minutes feel like seconds. They don't feel like real minutes. They don't feel like a minute sounds like a long time to me. 
It's like well, an, it's hour, immediate, you know? an hour part is of the appeal, really short. Even when I'm working it's an hour part of the short. appeal. I just think we should treat each other a little better. All right? All right? You, you know, despite watching whatever, watching a DVD. Is that Hard more times. Important? Hard times. Yeah. It's such a whirlwind, man. It feels like a year since we did one of these. But this is this is the beginning. This is the crest this is of season, season two. Season two. Of, <laughs> season two. Uh, of uh, Hear Me Now, Brother. We're oh, all new, all different. Season. We've got big things coming down the pike with the films. Uh, that we're going to show. We're going to finally, uh, one of the biggest announcements, I think the number one big announcement of news is uh, a big part of this show was wrapped around making a film, our DIY aesthetic, you know, what we do. We, right. make, we make films and the video cast Defining that, that we put we out. Are. Well, you may have noticed that I just recently put out the final documentary of our of our making of. Did you notice that on the feed, Nathan? Did <laughs> no, you download I didn't. That you, you finally did that? You're, you're, you're not subscribed to You finally did that? Well, everybody had the DVD, was watching it, so I thought it was a waste of time. I, I haven't, no. Remember, my computer's down, so. Well, uh, we really aren't conventional video casters. We don't do episodes or shows, but, but, but the video casts we do put out, and they'll be very periodic, will be based on the making of our films. I think in the future with season two, since we're ramping up for a new movie. Right. Um, it's definitely going to be video casts about the whole process, and because we really don't make films with a professional in any professional way whatsoever. We make <laughs> films. And we're, 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 we're feeling in the dark. We're feeling in the dark. Yeah, so we'll have extensive coverage of us but, making asses of ourselves. So it's, this, uh, I just want to say the the covering, the mic uh, covering, starting to get a little stale. I don't know what yours, man. It smells like uh, dustbin well, over well, here. Well, it's your breath is constantly hitting me. You think that's what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, this is like a Swifter. Here. You remember when Mother made it's that? Remember when face. Mother made that homemade Batman costume for both of us, and the cowl was cloth. I don't know if you had this experience, but the 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 cloth, the pointy nose, would come down my nose, and and it would and down I could, the front. I could smell the the material very very vividly. Like, it's exactly at first, what I'm it was like right it was like whatever it was, you know, McCall's pattern or whatever, whatever Mother did, you know, it was like Sears. fabric from Sears yeah. or whatever. J C Penney Batman costume. Walmart nowadays because they've killed all the small businesses in that. In it was bank. for the Adam West costume. Yeah, Batman's costume in '89 was black. It was no other costume, you know. Outside underwear, bullshit. Even though she did do the underwear outside in satin, and it was black on black. It, lo- it was pretty cool costume. We made two of them. I, don't know, I looked like <laughs> two tons of shit poured into a. It looks it kind of yeah. Skin. It's like a spray painted garbage bag. That's what uh, Cape was man, she did a good job. Anyway, the cape had the dowel rods at the end, so it was when you so open close it, close to my mouth, that, that cowl. Awesome. I remember the smell to this day. I have sense memory. It's like a phantom limb. You smell, you remember I the remember fabric? the hideous smell that started to develop on the on the nose cowl, the cowl, the nose of that cowl. It was it was it was the smell of my nose and my snot and my breath just hitting that. It's like having constantly. a burlap bag over your head, man. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's you're what smelling this is very that. much like. Yeah. You're smelling. I don't really smell anything on it's, my mic. It's mic. just tickling my beard a little bit. This little, well, that's you guys hear that little fuzz? But anyway, okay, so we're gonna update back, update the people we're, here. We're on, so uh, full of digressions right 06. now because we've we've got so much to talk with you about. We love you. We missed you. We're back in the chair. Our conversations Rattling were so out. wonderful. So, uh, it, it, you know, the last conversation we had with you guys it, it brought up even more questions, and I've forgotten them now. So I'm just gonna bring up some even more, and we'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do another film real quick with our friend Tim Coyne of the Hollywood More Podcast. More of a music video, yeah. Uh, if you go over to his – I totally recommend going over to his site and, and downloading a few episodes because he really has the uh, Hollywood experience from an actor's point of view nailed. And he's been gracious enough to just you know listen to us and, and talk to us and about his life and let us into his circle. And We're going to make a video for a song he did called Guten Bitch, which um, – 
a clever title, uh, is going to be... Yeah, a slang slang term for uh, a pester in his life, Uh, the actor, 80s actor Steve Gutenberg. Direct experience he had with Steve Gutenberg in his life. And you'll have to go to his show for more details on that. But we're going to uh, add a visual component to his work. And we're going to shoot that in early November, and yeah, you cross can expect, promotion vidcast would be for fun. I would expect that the video, if we do, and I, I'm assuming we'll shoot in our our, our date in November, um, you will be able to watch uh, some work from from us on both of those feeds, and we'll have a, a video for Gutenbitch. I think it'll be hilarious. We're, it'll be hilarious. We're 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 pulling out all the humor stops. That'll be fun. It'll be a lot of promotion yeah. uh, through. Uh, the LA podcasters will do like another couple of the LA podcasters uh, connecting again, and uh, we'll have some uh, free for all parties for that stuff too. So it'll be kind of fun. So look Something for that later. in um, yeah. I don't know how long before Christmas. Post-production. Definitely. Before, uh, definitely before Christmas. It'll be a wonderful little gift that we will be doing in conjunction with Tim Coyne of the Hollywood Podcast. Um, but we're staring down the we're staring down the barrel of uh, October right now. So we yes. just came off of. Uh, a very well, very full September. A very real, full September. Real backloaded, but a very full life. Um, of, uh, very you know, full, rewarding life. Would you say its depression has has gotten worse, or or we've we've leavened off? And I we're, feel I feel numb from the from the neck down. The summer was a real downer for me, uh, but everything is is summer's like yeah. Summer was like a cheap bottle rocket that flew over the. I can't crest remember, of the sun. I can't remember the month of and popped and died of July. I can't really remember the month of. I can't remember my birthday month. It got warmer a little bit. Got a lot more bugs in the house. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. I mean, we're we're just chugging along, and we're trying to make work. I mean, we've been writing. Uh, we've been chugging along. Uh, <laughs> I hate that word. I, I'm sorry. I don't we're want to. We we're fine, guys. We're doing the best we can. We're trying. We're we have not given up the dream. I feel we've like we're a, doing so much. We've got a, but all I want to do is take a break. But anyway, we got to get into our segment. We're going to talk a little bit to. Uh, you, there yeah. was a podcast expo. That happened. We just and we had the had Expo 06. And we had our first film festival. In Ontario, California. And Quite a shindig, huh? And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. So, you know, guys, just if you're around, just just, just sit around. We're, we got some great Expo goodness from our point of view, from our uh, view from the big chair, Tears for Fear style. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just keep listening. Festival that we were at uh, called the LA, LA 
Yeah, we're having a lot of people asking us about the, our ArcLight screening of Merciful Death of Jonas Blake, which is really, <laughs> which is really a big, pretty big deal. It was a pretty big, well-renowned festival. Um, our first. It was the first festival we did that as non-students that we got into. It's a it's a pretty big achievement. It's a landmark, or in some ways, I don't know if it will lead. To, <laughs> it hasn't led to anything, frankly. But it, uh, they never do these things. It, never do. It felt like a step up in where we wanted to go. It's really good for a short film. I mean, it really is. Although I think the odds of getting it are pretty good at that one. I, I really, I don't want to lessen it. I don't want to make oh, well, it. Well, we will, always and I, will. And I really well, don't we're really want to talk it up it. either. I really, I almost don't know. If it's like, it's hard for me to talk about it. It was just, well, it was, yeah. it was a hard <laughs> it has nothing thing for to me. do. It has nothing to do with, I mean, we could have just, it could have been in there and it would have played the same way if we were there or not. But uh, we should probably talk about it. As of as of a noteworthy, uh, very very noteworthy, stressful day for you and I. It was it was it was it felt like it was going to be more momentous than it was. But then in the back of my head, while we were about to go do it, I realized that the next day is going to come, and that that film will have shown, and it will have shown basically to the filmmakers that were in the program. Yeah, and then it'll just go away, and we'll just be. It, there's really I know we, it really that is feel like that's half empty, man. I mean, yeah, okay. It's, I mean, that's just yeah, like that's let's so not have any joy. I mean, it's also <laughs> I mean, it's also I mean, I don't, I don't like I mean, it, it is pointless. I just want to say it is pointless to talk it up. I mean, you know, it doesn't add anything to anybody. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody, nobody cares. But <laughs> but we're gonna go do that anyway. <laughs> but, but no, no, let's just but stop talking about. But it. but I mean, it it was a total. I mean, it's it was just a freak. To see it on the best screen in LA, and 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 it actually was a really well organized event, and 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 really there were were a lot of eyes there. The problem I think which we that's were a having, lot of people to see the, the short problem film. I think we were having the the big theme of the the friggin' day was that you and me have a hard time promoting ourselves. We have a hard time communicating. We have a hard time communicating, but we also have an incredibly hard time pushing ourselves, putting cards in the hands, making sure people get like get their eyes in front of our movie, making sure people like like us. How do you do it? How do you do it that doesn't feel like it just you're pimping yourself and like you're worth anything. That's the paradox. But but you have to to play the The paradox is how do you get out there, put your work out there, make sure people know you exist. That's all that matters. And not be an asshole at the same time. Because I'll gear I'm telling you right now, we got a mass email from the LA We got bombarded. I mean I got bombarded. Listen to me on this. We got an email from the L.A. Shorts Festival. You never were privy to this. I got it in my email because I submitted a goddamn film. We put this thing up. All right? We get this email from them. I don't know why L.A. Shorts did this, but they put everybody's emails, everybody that they were mailing to, in like yeah. a CC, well, right? It, well, our contact info was on the, in the book. Within days, we were getting spam emails. Everybody on that list was getting spam emails Check saying, it out. watch this film Tuesday. Watch this film Thursday at 11 a.m., I'm so glad you're with us in the film festival. Why don't you watch my movie too? You know, it's just like it was just all these fake emails, and then and then after a while, they noticed a pattern. It's like, oh, somebody figured out the CC list and started, you know. But there's a, but there was, I mean, Seth, there's 47 programs. They started to preface emails like these self aware. You got to tell people, no, you got to yep. tell people what to watch. You know, what they I mean? started like, to do. They started to preface emails with this sort of self aware, like, I hate these spam emails, but I figure while I'm in Rome, I might as well send it too. I I wanted. I felt like we should send one. We should send one. I didn't do it. I just didn't want to be one of those guys. And am I going to live? Are we going to live yeah, our lives well, like so, this? You're so sensitive about all this. Are stuff. we going to live our lives like this with 
with just, you know, <laughs> not pushing ourselves and saying, I don't want to be one of those guys. Going into a party and not wanting to be one of those guys. Really, really what matters is the work, and, and uh, we have we have done a lot to get it out there, surprisingly. Do you know how many times I've handed a DVD to somebody and then, and then like, avoided them? You do it a hundred times, you, you look like an asshole, but you know what? People usually find it at the 95th time. So, I, I mean, it, we're, it's, it, we're, on a, we're on a delicate balance. We're riding the blade here. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I'm gonna make That's a- exactly how the expo felt with me, too, if we'll jump right into that. I mean, the expo felt like a big pimp session, but it's also very important for to get listeners. I mean, in a way. But it also isn't. You know, I, it's, well, it's kind of like, like you go there, the day will pass, you're there. That that means a lot to people. You know, there's a couple people you make real. You know, you make a connection with, obviously. And we probably had a, we have you know a few more listeners, and my that's re- really I important mean, to us. My I guess right now, with this podcast is so tenuous at any given moment that I'm, our listeners want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're half assed, all right? No, no, I'm not half assed. One, one no. foot in, one foot out. No, no, no. My my relationship. I don't. I guess I just don't have any tenuous. What does no, it mean? My what relationship with mis- my own films is tenuous. No, like, it feels not like with me. Like, yeah, it feels not like, with me. I will not say that about my work. I can't. Okay. Oh my god. Well, no. Come on. You're gonna be that. There, you get to a level. You get to a level where you're saying like art. Uh, <laughs> you're like art is a swear word. I, I want to be like that. <laughs> All right. And, and to you know like you, you go into a room of mixed company. You say you're an artist. You know you get you get you get your you know you get a dozen eye rolls, which is which is which is valid. I'm a filmmaker. That's also the earmark of someone who's just you know who, uh, you know if you say you're an artist. Eh, I don't know. There's. <laughs> You can't. You can't do it nowadays. I understand that. But but art is not a swear word. I'm writing a script. I'm white. <laughs> I live in L.A. Oh, you know, man. You, you look you like just, a lush show. You, you just have to avoid that in parties. You have to avoid all of that. It's so hard. To, I mean, the only thing that matters is... I don't know what my my log line is anymore. I yeah. usually say, like, we make films on the side. The only thing that matters here is keeping a sense of humor about all this stuff. But it's also, you know, sometimes you got to dig a ditch. You got to dig a ditch to bury your grandmother. You know, you got to do it. You got to dig the grave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is sad and it is bleak. But, you know, someone's got to do it, you know. So I guess what I'm saying for me, Seth, the festival brought this focus into focus, this idea that I really wish we – I really wish I was more um, mm. charismatic in a way oh. with the way we pushed our films. We should just hire. We should hire a crazy Joker to do it for us. <laughs> a used car. But then, I, then I would be like, I don't want us represented that way. You know, I would get. I, I get very detail oriented. You know, we're making this website, uh, www.lulskull.com. Don't it's go me, there now. It's, it's, it's under construction. It's going to be a fun experience once it's up and running. We're making this website, and I'm just all. I'm so worried about presentations. It's like how we present ourselves. Do you want to be like enigmatic, or do you want to be all out there? It's let's like this do, whole podcast. Do, do, you want, do you want people like seeing all like potential future films, and then and then going like. Yeah, but they got this podcast where they act like jackasses for like twenty four episodes. Yeah, know? I mean that's that's the whole gamble. You, you go up there and be uh, you be mysterious, mysterio men, and then you're <laughs> and you're totally confessing your heart and soul <laughs> and a podcast. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the, it, we need to have that duality. I, I, that that makes us who we are. I guess this we podcast do. is who we are. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. You know. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we so we went to the festival. We had a good picture session, which is all over our MySpace right now. I can't really think say much about the, the screening. Yeah. For me, the screening was basically comprised of me sitting outside because uh, Edgar from Nerdblurb, which thanks by the way for showing up and helping us and representing and being a good friend to us. Um, I sat with him, talked with him. Then I decided, all right, I'll go sit and see what, how things go. But then I decided, oh, I might just walk out and just wait this thing yeah, out, like just, I always, always do with do our, that, my yeah. films. I can't, I can't. 
Can't handle it. The presentation. I like sticking in there, man. <laughs> I I went to the bathroom, stuck my head back in, heard the sound was overmodulating, just about had a heart attack, sat outside the whole the rest of the movie. I could yeah. not stand the idea yeah. of watching the film. Something was going on with the projector and the <laughs> the projectionist. Had had played almost all nine films. All, all of them were overmodulated. It wasn't our soundtrack, but it's kind of like those one of those things that nobody nobody really notices. But mm. uh, but of course, my brother does. Who just half glass half glass of uh, Guinness that is That's completely not down true. now. That's right. I just let's just get beyond this. Let's just move on. So with all this so negative in, in crap. general, you know, we're we're just. I I, I want to just like like a, I mean, any good any good article. I want to just sum I mean, it up. What you, just you know. Just, what do you want to say about it? Just did you did you have uh, did you see your flash your own mortality today or anything like that? Just totally negative. <laughs> I experience. did the other day. I really thought about it. You know, I just thought about it. Just... More news of the day. Uh, we went to the uh, Portable Media Expo held yeah, that on was September very 29th, I believe. Grateful Day was 29th, somewhere in there. We drove. There was a pre-party that we missed. I guess we missed some uh, nudity, some uh, painted painted ladies, Lips, painted libs and women. Yeah, at the Lipson party air, and uh, you know, you know, it's a free for all for those things. I mean, uh, we got there late just by yeah, accident. Well, no, honestly, we we were at a TGI Fridays uh, in. Walnut, California. I mean, it's it's thank God it's Friday. We did we went to TGI Fridays. Yeah, we went to TGI Fridays instead of the Expo Friday night party. Okay, I had a great. Yeah, time. we have good times. I had a great we have time. Good times wherever we are. Yeah, <laughs> I'd go again. So boom, we get there in the night. We sleep. We watch a little TV <laughs> with our buddy David, who was also on the podcast with us. We uh, we all shared a great room there in uh, Fairfield Inn in Ontario. And the morning of Saturday. Saturday. The 29th. Um, and uh, we had our L.A. podcaster get-together. Yeah, another another lovely uh, representation of the L.A. podcaster. We had the banner. And, booth uh, was bigger this year, definitely. Booth was big. We had a, what was like a four-mic, five-mic setup. 
It, with, was, it uh, was sponsored this year, and he was Lance was running really around good. Like, sponsored you know, by the lovely folks at Iprong over there. Yeah, he was Lance was doing a lot of uh, just crazy stuff, just getting things together. Yeah, souping of, up the yeah, yeah. souping up the schedule with real clever names. Uh, for for different things, got a lot of guest speakers. We got a lot of every, everybody, a lot of new members, the LA podcasters, some more female ones, which is mm-hmm. good for our group. And I and I we got to uh, catch up with Tim, who we'd seen previously. We've been talking with him. Caught up a little bit with movie. Tim. Caught up a little with Dan from uh, Dan Class from the Bitterest Pill podcast. Always doing a good show over and, there. And Dan and and Dan wanted us to to hang out with him uh, at a mall sometime. And I, I think Dan, we will. I just thought about this today. You wanted us to hang out. Like like teenagers and and um, yeah, I think that sounds like the best thing that we could possibly do, Dan. So in the future, when we probably when we talk, hang out, we yeah. will hang out. We will just hang out. We will sit and just just hang out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a, with Dan get a Jones mall. root beer with uh, yeah. <laughs> Dan Glass. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and uh, that's definitely on our calendars in the future. You know, Tim Tim, we'll just go surfing. Uh, we'll, we'll go, uh, we'll go exactly. bodyboarding. <laughs> so we we recorded. So we got through. Show. We got through our recording. Uh, we had a couple of a couple of people standing in front of us. <laughs> while we, we, were. Had, we had one person at any given time. Well, two people total, but they were there for the like both of them together were there for the whole the whole. Thing. The thing that's funny about it is uh, probably what was what was before us and what was after us really was more of a uh, more a little bit more crowd pleasing than us, and we just go into our film talk, which. Which it does take a little bit more patience to just sit down there and listen to what we were saying. We did our, like we said, our top five director directors of seventies, eighties, nineties, and then today, uh, each of us, Dave, you and I, and we and had to we, shoot we, we, we got some fast. ground. <laughs> yeah, we had to make some ground. <laughs> we covered yeah. some ground there in about thirty minutes. You guys will hear again. You know, our uh, like I always call the speedball recordings. And and people uh, disagree uh, like with us. Just, people uh, people disagree with us. People had strong opinions uh, on both sides. From what I could tell, the two people that watched, one had to walk away. They just could not stand how egregiously poor our choices. I didn't were. see we, that. We, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of, you know, you're kind of in the moment. You don't your choose own Spielberg world. in the '70s. You're going to turn off about half your audience. Yeah. Well, you know, people yeah. have to listen to it. I don't know. It's all we, subjective. We did a recording, and it was dry mouth, dry cotton mouth affair all the way. It was just <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fun. I, I did, you know, the, all the mics were on stands this year instead of on the tabletop stands. Yeah. So I felt, you know, I felt more like uh, Stephen Tyler, you know, or something, you know, an Aerosmith, you know, yeah, something. You, you it was made just, the movements in that. Direction. Yeah, you know, I had a little, a little fun with the portable mic stand. So that was that was kind of fun. The, the thing about the podcast that I want to talk about a little bit is. <laughs> I was telling a lot of people the day of it was probably the best best and worst thing in in, in my day. It started all off bad coming down. I, I told you the elevator story coming down off the elevator at the Fairfield Inn the day of the the expo. I was coming down the elevator from the third floor somehow. I I came down the little elevator and when I stepped into the elevator it was just me and uh, there was this the husband and wife and a young daughter a Jewish family that were in there and they were just kind of like rattling off something. They were speaking English there but they were just talking about their day or what they were going to do, something about shopping. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And uh, three went down to two, and these other a couple other guys came in, and they were wearing lacquerliers, and I was like, oh, I'm a fellow, I'm a fellow podcaster. What lacquer, lacquer? Is it called a lacquer? Uh, I think it's called a lacquerlier, isn't that, isn't that? I think it's a lacquer. They were wearing, they had a little trucker, a little trucker, so there's probably a trucker expo going on in Ontario. A lot of ghosts, a lot of shit going on in Ontario, you know, a lot of fun. So these guys came in. Uh, one was kind of clean shaven, bald, big big dudes. And the other guy was, you know, he just did his floor. They're all going, we're all going if, down to one. I wonder one. if Trucker Tom played both fields on that. Probably. From from two to one 
we had an elevator ride. The doors, these, you know, it's one of those old elevators that kind of just it shimmies, and you don't know dangerous, if the doors are going to close. I, dangerous as hell. Just real Condemned, slow, yeah. and it goes like, doo, 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 you know, and it finally closed. And from two to one is where the dam broke. They were they were continuing to talk. The younger the younger girl and the Jewish mother were talking behind me, and we're all and it's all in there. A little, little hot, you know, a little bo smell. I was kind of right behind one of the big guys, and there was other guy, you know. And it's guys. real close. It's real close. Guys. You know, it's kind of uncomfortable. We're all going down for the continental breakfast or whatever, right? Yeah, whatever the hell. And the, and the guy close the guy closest to the door, right in front of me, he just crossed his arms, and he said, "Get me out of here," <laughs> just like that about that volume. And the young girl and the mother just stopped talking right away. And we had from two to one. It was really slow. And, it, you know, it hesitates in one and then opens. And, and it was it was just – it was uncalled for. I thought it was completely uncalled for for the, t- <laughs> the duration of the time we were in the elevator. Uh, but that just sent me on a whole thing about, you know – Oh, we got to be good to each other, and I'm going to an expo, <laughs> and 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 I walked in the expo, and a couple people said hi, and I, I I didn't say hi right away, but then I was like, hey man, <laughs> hey I'm sorry, hey, how are you? And yeah, I, the I shook. Of that. Well, I just I just it kind of buzzed me, and it was really hot, and we were walking, and I had that that black poster that you know the you really experienced a fuckery but, there. No, no, it, it, you know it's just something you don't do. <laughs> it's just something you can't believe someone says, and it so. That's that's really the story I have from the expo prior to. Do you think that's a California story, or is that just a? a, a just that's just a, a that's just a, story? that's a no no story, man. That's just that's just a terrible. You think truckers thing in general just are that? Give me out of here! We all want to say. It's like it, he I said guess. a thought. He did it, and it, but it was too loud. Verbalize a thought in a weird way. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible for me. So my really thoughts horrible. on the expo were. Uh, it, it was really a lot like last year. We did not get to get in on the parties, so we don't know exactly how those were. They might have been even grander and larger because they had big award ceremonies that we missed. I, I think podcasting is here for now to stay. I don't know. Um, in podcasting general, for free is here. If I put my finger on the, the beating heart of podcasting, I, 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 I'm still optimistic. Um, there, there is a faint pulse. <laughs> We I seem mean, to I, do it as a regular sort of thing, even though we don't do it often. Uh, yeah, and I, I do have a lot of I, I do have a lot of thoughts about you know podcasting. I do still listen, so it is part of our lives. It really is. But that's our expo stories. We'll be back with uh, David on the phone. We will have a recap of our expo after you hear our expo. We will have a recap of uh, a decade that we missed. So enjoy it. And we'll see you later. All right, it's time for a break. So let the stress get the best of me Empty liquor bottles litter the floor Before it was my enemy Familiar with the taste of my mouth Mickey eyes from last night Goddamn what the fuck is about But don't blame me Cause I need a way out Only human in my skin was shit I can't lie to myself again Feel me The monkey on my back Grim with a smile Heaven up and open doors And I fell through a cloud A fallen angel Ripped the L.A.E. to make an angle But mine ain't right Because my mind ain't stable Get it? I stand and I fall And get up Cause I'm ready to run Like Icarus Because I'm close to the sun uh. Down to the river, downhill, we all float up. Pennywise in the gutter, I'm still in the boat. Let it go to the rhythm, my vision is so close. So vision is so close, my vision is so close. We going down to the river, downhill, we all float. Pennywise in the gutter, I'm still in the boat. Let it go to the rhythm, my vision is so close. So vision is so close, my vision is so close. So I see peace scars with abundant danger. 
thugs got guns in the air, it's anger. Larry caught one in the chest, he shot back. Now this friend is yelling for Jaw to bring him back. Lost hopes, boy floats wondering why. Why he couldn't feel real beneath the surface of lies. The night is young, but we get old. So full with them deep sea tide rise. Boy cries, he a block with illusion at night. This sort of sky to land. Where it's born, when that light's born. Where crack valves hold a black child, cause life's torment. Where better than even so real that it life's dormant. David. It's time to record. David, you're on Hear Me Now, brother, right now. <laughs> hey. Can you hear me? Hey, guys. Hey, David. How's it going? We're good. We were just remarking about how you got kicked out of the uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, we did a full disclosure. Oh. You know. God, <laughs> you didn't uh You didn't happen to tell me the little, uh, little uh, detail about how the guy told you to buzz off? Oh, jeez. Uh... Give us a multiple. little... Give, yeah, <laughs> multiple. Anyways, thanks, thanks for letting me be on the show, guys. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, David. We're having a lot of fun over here, and we thought we'd uh, call you. How's the audio? Audio's great. Whose phone am I coming through on? Sis. Good. Speaker phone. David. Oh, speaker. Okay. Okay, so it's time to... Uh, to get uh, back to a uh, to the to your mind where you were at the expo. Yeah, we Time. just we just listened to the the expo recording. We sound like we're on a couple speedballs. I don't, I don't know what we were on, but yeah, uh, we were, well, you know, we had thirty minute time limit there. But yeah, we, 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 the we so. were pushing it. We were pushing it pretty hardcore. So, but we noticed that we I left out. It. We did leave out the nineties, and that's a hell of an yeah. oversight. So we did dust yeah, off. It's when we all came. It's it's really when we were going to see movies. And, and in many respects, it was uh, a, a second uh, American Renaissance of cinema. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite a quite shorter, a shorter one than say the 1970s, but um, in many ways it uh, was reminiscent in the probably from 94 to 99 yeah. of the glory days of uh, of Hollywood with the rise of the independent film, and uh, I, I, I really <laughs> look forward to uh, throwing out some directors that made a few good films in that period yeah yeah definitely we we all dusted off our list so we're all ready to go here so we might rattle it off a little bit you have your list i got it yeah of course i got it well i i got somewhere here i'm looking so so dig around your apartment there and uh yeah no i I got i got it here i'm gonna pull it up okay i'll kick it off yeah yeah you should kick it off this is our top five to continue the list that we were just listening to uh this will be the top top five five of the 1990s best directors of the 90s yeah. So, David, give us your. I think we did it on the expo. We did five to one. So, give us your top number, number five. Number five. I think we. I rattled this one off during the expo, but yeah, then you're, we moved you're coming pretty good. You're coming through. It pretty was good. Um, uh, Mr. Doug, La- Doug La- Lehman. Lyman? Doug, Doug Lehman. Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. Lyman. Um, yeah, he, he only made two two films <laughs> through the nineties. Through but, the nineties. Uh, they're very. I, think I remember really uh, Go. Yeah. Um, in essence, they. they uh, wait, let me just mention the two films for those unaware. Uh, he made a film called uh, Swingers. Yeah, a lot of people uh, know Swingers. John Favreau, uh, Vince Vaughn, and then he made a film called uh, Go in 1999. Go. And not, not a lot of people saw this film. Um, it's it's pretty much fell under the radar because I believe it came out in like April, and like was just pretty Had much a, yeah. uh, you know. Not on the radar. Really, had a bad weekend there. Uh, yeah. as, uh, had a terrible poster and and just wasn't. Um, but but anyone that did go see it uh, was in for a real 
treat. <laughs> quite a surprise. Uh, quite a surprise. And uh, really held the mirror up to, I think, the post-Tarantino youth generation. Um, Which was also yeah, in the 90s. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. right, well, uh, this is Seth. My number five, uh, David. Oh, that way? Yeah. How do we do it? How do we, do it? We, should have, we should have him do all five. I think I did all five. I'm going to go through that. I'm going to keep right. going. Yeah, right. have, have never, him do all his. Uh, never mind. Uh, okay, no, number, number four, um, I would give to um, uh, PTA. Uh, PTA uh, made a film, uh, began his film career uh, with, with a short film called Cigarettes and Coffee in 1993, uh, which he expanded to the Sundance Lab into yep. a longer film called Sydney in 1996, um, <laughs> also known as, as Heart Eight to, to the non-PTA fans. But uh, Sydney was an excellent, tight little film. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was Coffee and, and Cigarettes. And a, a bigger Hall, yeah. one of the greatest performances of his career. Well, one of the only performances that, that anyone's really aware of. But, but uh, John C. Riley, spectacular. Um, yeah, it was a very, very good film. And, uh, of course, Boogie, Boogie Nights. Boogie. Pretty much basically Probably a lot of fans for Boogie. All great cinema from like the 1970s. Um, Distilled into uh, a '90s movie of, of a true lover of cinema. But what do you think? Uh, uh, what do you think he was riffing off of, though, David? Like Bo- Boogie Nights. What do you think he's hearkening back to with Boogie Nights, though? To do a period piece set throughout clearly, the '70s. Uh, Martin Scorsese and yeah. and um, Marty. But you know he's not a bad man to rip off, and and in many ways he expands on uh, Scorsese's um, coke fueled. Uh, yeah, like a visual. Uh-huh. So let's let's move on to number three. Uh huh. Number three of the nineties. I can't. Uh, I, I'm. I will admit. I'm a little surprised that uh, PTA came so low, considering how much you loved him when I met you. Yeah, PTA. Well, yeah, he had a strike against him. I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, Magnolia or of uh, Punch Drunk Love. Magnolia was '99. Uh, right. Also in the nineties. Very, very uh, underthought out and sprawling. Narrative through mm-hmm. the, 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 the <laughs> San Fernando Valley, and, and anyway, that, that's why he's number four. Number right, four well, is uh, Todd Todd Sloss. Todd Sloss. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Sloss. Uh, made uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. In yeah, 95. real hard, and, hard movies and, too. And, and happened like. in uh, '98, and uh, I, I think you know it was kind of a new sort of humor developing in the 1990s that. Uh, that Todd Slons really embodied. It was, it was kind of uh, very depressing, but nevertheless hilarious look at suburban life. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think I think they're both both movies uh, stand on their own. Uh, happiness takes it pretty far, but as far as you can go into uh, into the dark dark areas of, of the human soul. Oh yeah, uh, almost even bad yeah. taste, even bad taste as a aesthetic, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but not quite a not uh, quite a trash fest like uh, John Waters films or there's there's something more human about his about his humor, I guess, huh? You know, there's something yeah. about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, uh dismiss Todd Salons as uh um probably cuz the subject matter is so vile. <laughs> what's the word where you hate this is uh, like... <laughs> you <hate humanity. laughs> Come on, help, help me with this here. He's a... Uh, he's a... Uh, he's, he's, uh, he hates humans. He, he, he hates the human race. He, he 
He's a massage. He's not a misogynist. He's a <laughs> masochist. He's a misanthrope. He's misanthropic. misanthropic. Yeah, that's definitely that's, that's definitely a, just, a just cute, trendy way to. But I, I really don't feel that's the case. I think Todd Salas definitely has hatred for a certain part of American life, for most of American life. But that doesn't necessarily mean he hates humanity. I think he definitely has a certain love for his main characters, in particular, uh, the girl in Welcome to the Dollhouse and, and uh, for, for, yeah, a sympathetic uh, character. for Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Happiness. So uh, let's move on to number two, Wes <laughs> Anderson. Uh, Wes, of course. Maybe on some other list. has to be called the most original filmmaker of the 1990s. Uh, I don't think that, that, you get, that can be argued with. Um, no. His... His, his two films in the 90s include Bottle Rock and Rushmore, which um, basically were total revelations in terms of uh, a new aesthetic that really hasn't been carried on. As people have tried to, Napoleon Dynamite, for instance, has tried to, to riff on it, but pretty much Wes Anderson has developed his own world <laughs> yeah. uh, where, where we, can, we can go, we can enter, we can laugh, we can uh, you know love and, and listen to great music from the 1960s and yeah there's and quite a quite a sense of camaraderie between the characters and a, and a, and a, a real observed life but uh, also a real off-centric kind of yeah, humor we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk more about him because I'm hoping he's on one of your guys yeah list, so. he possibly, uh, he possibly one, I think that you have to say that the, 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 the couple who, who ruled the 90s I, I, gotta, I gotta go with two people for number one uh, Doopy the Coen brothers uh, the Coen brothers <laughs> yeah I don't know if I can give it Joel or Ethan? Because I'm not sure which one directs. Which Joel, one? I think Joel no, does. Ethan, Ethan gets the Joel credit. The Doesn't Ethan get? Ethan gets the credit. Ethan stays home. Ethan gets the credit. Okay. The better looking but, one. Uh, Joel gets the writing credit. Okay. He's, Joel the scrawny. Uh, this the short one. The short little. <laughs> the one that's married <laughs> to Francis McDormand is the director. That's Ethan. Okay. Okay. Ethan. Okay. I think. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Miller's Crossing. Quite a bit, yeah. quite a few. Hunter Proxy is not the greatest, but it's not bad. But then Fargo, which I was just actually, by coincidence, while watching, I was watching TV last night, and Fargo came on. And, right, uh, that's always a treat. That movie is is just a laugh a minute, and I think to really appreciate it, you had to have grown up uh, in Minnesota, which I did, and. Um, and, uh, but so even if you didn't, but even if you didn't, it's quite an you know it's quite a well observed uh, culture, you know of of uh, the Minnesota culture. I mean, like the accents and everything. It's probably pretty yeah. foreign. And we've all, Never and been we've a crime all story. Came into contact with um, with our our, uh, our Marge Gundersons. Oh yeah, the the I believe his car dealership. Just FYI, it, I have pinpointed his car dealership is located in Golden Valley. Yeah, a little bit outside. That's, that's where he. That's where he operates. That's where he's operating in that whole movie. <laughs> but that really is a gem. I mean, it really it's, it's is. Three ninety four exit everywhere. It's, it's, it's one. Yeah, of, no, I, yeah, I'm always seeing like where they went to that Perkins. Like that's you know. Yeah. It's all Minneapolis, Twin Cities there. So Fargo's one of the tightest Boston, films. Which, yeah. uh, I think is a, a worthy uh, predecessor to, to Fargo and. Uh, Definitely humor. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Not predecessor, but whatever. It's, it's a good film. Uh, got some well, lines. I see it again. But, college uh, movie but staple. Fargo is, is Wow. And uh, so there you go. It's incredible, Dave. Thanks. Good list, Dave. Thanks, guys. I'll, and, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll, I'll stick around for you guys' top five here. All right, yeah. It's, it's, you can listen in the dark, but... I really it's wish... Past, it's past nine now, so I'm getting three minutes, so this is just, this is just fine for me. 
it's all but caved. David, you're, you're call, I'm calling you on a Verizon phone. You're a Verizon phone. I think we have it free. Oh, out. that's right. We're, we're in network too. So any, any, network yeah, so. anytime, all the time. Um, I, I would like to go next. Okay, David. sure. Um, David, I really, first of all, I just really wish we would have had more time at the expo. I, I think we would have had such a, a wonderful discussion. Maybe, yeah. an, maybe an hour. But but let's let's go. Let's we were go real captivating. Mind. Yeah, real captivating. Um, we have an hour now. For me, <laughs> no, we, we, we have we whatever. Don't wanna, we don't It'll be a two-hour-long show. I don't want to do that. Uh, My number five, and I had a hard time putting this on here, but I decided to do it anyway because of his influence to me. Uh, I I do think Steven Spielberg – or Spielberg, what am I saying? Steven Soderbergh starts starts the 90s in a big way. Soderbergh, dude. (laughs) Steven Soderbergh starts the 90s in a very important way, and I do believe he he starts the – he's like a sort of vanguard for the paradigm shift in the indie movement. Or how independent yeah. film was looked at, and he's a precursor to Tarantino's it's one, it's one of the kind of explosion. That's why I will not be putting Tarantino on this list. I do believe Soderbergh is more important. I think he's the the bricklayer, the uh, ground yeah. layer. Oh. Shit, it is. Man. It that, is amazing. That's film. only his. That's like his only good film of the nineties. No, he he made a lot of bad films in the nineties, but he comes he comes out on the tail end of the nineties without a sight, which I think is a better Tarantino film than Tarantino was doing. But yeah. honestly, very. I think it's better. Very than Pulp nostalgic. Fiction. I think it's better than better, Pulp Fiction. Mm, yeah, better, possible. Better looking, more well edited, much and, more um, art And it's very and it's stylish in a way that might be off putting to me at first glance, at first blush. But at the same time, yeah. you know, when those still frames come on during that love scene, it works and it's great. I, I think it's a good. Mm-hmm. He's great. So anyway, going on to number four. I'm going to put Paul Thomas Anderson on there. I agree BTA. with David. I don't. I hate having a clone of a list. Uh, I knew some of these things would happen, but Paul Thomas Anderson um, definitely his better work was in the '90s. Um, yeah, and and he, he he he's highly influential for for any young aspiring director like like you like you two. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a real hot shot, but he backs it up. He's a hot shot, but he's coming from the same place that. Uh, The San Fernando uh, Valley. <laughs> yeah. San Fernando, San yes. Fernando Valley. Yeah, one of the homeboys. Uh, so <laughs> well, you... I think, I think it's got, the movie's got it all. I, I can't say enough about it, but let's move on. I'm sorry. Well, I know, but I, well, I'm I think also... Sydney, well, I, Sydney is a film I, that... Uh, Heart 8, yeah. I'm going to call Heart it. Heart 8. I mean, Sydney, Heart 8, you know, that's really one to go back to, and it really is an accomplished movie, and really a story he felt, I think, compelled to tell. You know, it really feels yeah. like a story, yeah. Really feels like something he wanted to tell, and he does have a lot of stories in him. I think Boogie Nights is the same way. They all feel like they needed to be made, you know. Possibly subject matter wise. Uh, the Last Days of Disco, however, did not need to be made, and that was the primary <laughs> knockoff. Or, or, of, or Wonderland. Yeah, or Wonderland. Yeah, a lot of knockoffs um, there. Oh God, do I want? So you're number three. Well, you can't change your list now. Whatever you got on there, you can't change it. All right. It's kind of embarrassing, I guess, but I don't know why I'm embarrassed. But I really like what Kozlowski was doing in the '90s. Okay, <laughs> no, nobody's I, nobody's like going to probably put that on a list. But I, I think he did the Colors trilogy and he did the Double Life of Veronique, and I think they're they're the best, some of the best no, foreign films I mean, to are... come out of the '90s. I don't want to say foreign because that's like <laughs> some of the best French films. They're I, I love them. I have the director. He's pretty good. Yeah, and he died. 
very recent, or he died in the nineties. Pe- people, pe- there was enough time. <laughs> there was enough films in the nineties, I guess, where people got kind of <laughs> got kind of like weary eye, you know, kind of got blinded and bored with some of the mainstream, I think, American films. And they did. A Colors trilogy was seen. I mean, it was well regarded critically. <laughs> and people did go see it. But that's also the, that's a grand old time with those indie theaters and everything like what's that. Your favorite, what's your favorite color, Seth? <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite color? Blue. 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 <laughs> it is. I want. It, it the, is I, I'm going to get the Double Life of Veronica on, on Criterion. It's coming out like two weeks from now. I want it. It's also a very good film. But I, 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 I have this. Th- I just he's he's a director that uh, in the old school that you know Pal- Polanski to me just was terrible in the 90s, and I, I just needed to put something from Poland. From Poland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Right. So not? Uh, number number two is another one that probably won't appear on your guys' list. I, I like Adam McGowan in the nineties. Adam McGowan. Uh, he has two uh, films that are Armenian. Really, really Canadian filmmaker. Yeah, he's Canadian filmmaker. Uh, really amazing Armenian films. Um, uh, Exotica. Exotica was the nineties. Yeah. And the Sweet Hereafter, the Russell Banks adaptation. I believe we have Russell Banks on Learn Out Loud. Do we not? I, I we have the Sweet Hereafter, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I think his direction in those films is stand out. I think he is up there in the upper echelons, and then he just really, really got bad in uh, with, I believe the film in 2000, it was uh, an Irish film with Hoskins in it. Um, I haven't seen anything since uh, Sweet Year After. I think I'll leave it at no, that. No, you, you should watch The Adjuster as well. Some of his early films are really, yeah, really have something to watch. I mean, yeah. like, like his early films, like Family Viewing, was that in the 90s? Or? Family Viewing was in the 80s. I didn't Late 80s. care for that one. But, okay. but, yeah, it was pretty but the adjuster with uh, with the dude from Crash is 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 great. I, you know, I I'm gonna I'm I'm yeah, really gonna stand by this. I think Exotica is an amazing like I can't believe people more. It does kind of look like a cheesy kind of cinematic softcore, but but when you watch it and and it's like definitely the role for Mia Kirshner, not not in Black Dolly. It's Exotica. I mean like, yeah. goddamn that ending. I mean I I just think. It's an amazing work, and Sweet After is one of the. I just think one of the masterful films, one of the yeah, top very, ten, very, top twenty films. Very films, films. I mean, he has he has, he has a style yeah. all his own, which he's now completely lost. I mean, he's doing he's doing a lot of stuff that's jumping around in time, like like they were, everybody was doing. But I think it's his, working. I think his I mean, good work is behind it's, him. It's though. loose really quality. Do. It's it's not approximated, and there's not a lot of directors doing that. You watch Sweet After, and it's going through everything. You're 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 catching everything, and he's he's hitting the mark. And and uh, I think I believe in 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 my my college course um, adaptation and uh, film adaptation of the novel. We we did that one, and to, to be honest, I think he almost achieved more in the film than the book. I mean, the book is great, but to no. put on cinema, he really um, does it all. With, Structurally, with, in terms he, of like how you can yeah. take adapt a novel into a, into a film. Yeah, it's yeah. a very challenging. Book, he he does he does what Coppola was able to do with a dime store novel and turns Godfather into you yeah. know. And writes a whole new story afterwards with the other, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, number one uh, is, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that you put the Coens, but I did put Wes Anderson as number one. I think his, uh, uh, he came at the right time for me. I, I remember we saw Bottle Rocket just before Rushmore came out, and um, it was exactly the sense of humor I had at the time. It was like somebody was speaking to me directly. And then Rushmore yeah. came out, and I couldn't. Well, at the ending of Rushmore, it was like I felt like. I had seen like like I I made a new best friend. I mean I, I guess it, it, it didn't happen. I guess well now it's Steve Zissou. I, I'm I'm coming coming back to him. But he has kind of like he's figured out his patterns and he kind of makes the same film now. But at that time when Rushmore came out, it he's, felt he's like he's kind of like Woody Allen in that sense. He's, he's 
constantly yeah. sort of making the same film, but constantly making you laugh and reworking the it. End, uh, New laughs. laughs. I and I and I love the the Wilson brothers at the time. I remember Owen and Luca. Just they, they're so different now. But in Bottle Rocket at that time, I was like, "There's no actors like this anymore. We're we're, kept, we're catching on to something new here, something amazing, you know." Yeah. And yeah. then I see him in Santa Monica today, and I, I just I just find no relationship yeah, with that man. He was shooting a, like some some uh, some exploitation child. Yeah. Like and I want to talk to him about I, I want to talk to him about the jumpsuit and and, and you know and Dignan and yeah, just uh, exactly, <laughs> you, exactly. which he never yeah. engaged in conversation. With I, I, I actually I don't really know which film after seeing them both now I, I'm I'm torn to see like which one's better I think they're both in their own right well right classics Bottle Rocket and Rushmore is just both of them are Rushmore is the is the is like the the matured. Wes Anderson, you know, it's like yeah. it's what we come to recognize as as his kind of style, obsessions. Style yeah, is definitely, definitely uh, more upfront in terms in Rush more than and then it's yeah. the more than Bottle Rocket, but still Bottle Rocket, his whole cinematic vision was there in Bottle Rocket. His bitter, his kind of bittersweet, uh, evocative moments that are uh, are less are kind of uh, sharpened out now in his films are so apparent yeah. in Bottle Rocket. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just like. His is kind of melancholy. His particular brand of melancholy uh, has been sort of um, what can I say? It's been kind of sharpened. It's it's been it's been uh, the ed- there's a little more edge now in, in his films than there was before. It was a lot softer maybe, and Rushmore has that kind of perfect mix of the edge that's in his style, um, which threatens to harden off the emotional content, which uh, he could yeah. you know I'd like to see more like, of that maybe. Say like the later one, like Life Aquatic is. You know, a style of style. style, yeah, he's, he's, style. He's, he's gotten but back. Still, but still, it's, it's a lot of laughs. But it, yeah. I, I think it's all for the laughs. Emotional, the emotional quality is, is, is pretty... Uh, Where, whereas Tannenbaum's is all just like watching a math equation. You know, I just can't... You know, it's like watching geometry. It's not working for me. Because the style is, <laughs> yeah. takes takes over. Yeah. There's a little bit yeah. too much obsession in the production design. That yeah, it's got to be there. It's really gone too far. But it's got to be invisible, you know? Yeah. So Nate, so it's your yeah. turn. We'll go into uh, my thanks for, sti- thanks, thanks for sticking with us, Dave. Yeah, deliver. <laughs> I'm gonna deliver on the Niners. Not number five, and 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 it's also good to compare our lists. It's also good to compare to see what came before, and it's been healthy to. We did have talk about it. I did come in kind of later with the list, J- just just for the sheer fact that I'm busy. All right, I got a full time life over here. But number five, <laughs> <laughs> number five, I got some people, and, and I thought that my list stood out in that way. Where I have people that. You guys didn't have on your list. It was good. Number five would be Richard Lakeletter, and and, and I, I do think he's making interesting work now. But I, but the nineties, nineties, we got movies like r- really surprise movies like Days and Confused, which we all probably think is a is a great film. But but for its simplicity, number four, I get Jim Jarmusch, which I'm surprised. I'm surprised. That, I mean, he there's there's we got to talk about the indie boom of the nineties. You know. A lot, of, a lot of these filmmakers that we like were working throughout the '80s, but they kind of found their, well, they found that they, they can embrace with the with the indie scene of the '90s. It was such a boom with the Bravo Channel and the Sundance. Remember when we were watching that stuff, David? You know, you know that stuff. Uh, yeah, you you were a big Bravo watcher. David. He's a big Bravo. We found some films on there, films like uh, Jarmusch's film Dead Man, Ghost Dog, Nine on Earth. These these are films that are very much. An indie, an indie cinema during the '90s that I was, I was really like open to uh, more than almost any other scenes. It felt very refreshing, but that that marked a time where we were watching just anything. 
like the nineties, uh, we can talk about all of us. The nineties, where we were watching anything, and then we started to, you know, find our yeah. appetite for film. I mean, really, anything we were going to see, you know, everything. But but the films Mr. were Holland's Opus and everything. I mean, really, just no Titanic held hands with with uh, you know any like uh, eat drink man woman. It was like you could just to me it was everything was the same. But it was where we saw everything for no, the first I, time though. It, it was where we you know eventually sort of got out of the mindless blockbuster mode uh, you know like Independence Day was kind of my last blockbuster I know you could have went a yeah. little farther you no no we, it was, we could have been well we, we, blockbusters today which I think is just shameful but yeah we, but, I, uh, I, I, we still embrace some of it but regardless uh, <laughs> it's just we like a lot of films you know we like films you know we like going yeah. to the movies we're, 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 we're guys like that I mean we just are and, and if you'd like a lot of films you know you're gonna you're gonna see some of these other you know you got to see some of the indies got to see world cinema that world cinema stuff came later in the nineties but well, that came, uh, uh, the indie boom is almost that you know not 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 too far of a stone's throw from blockbusters you know there's still people we recognized in it. No, but I I you know it's funny I I I uh, count Independence Day as the last film I somehow you well somehow you oh, heard shit. that I had seen Armageddon. Uh, I, it had been compared to the best action film of the '90s, Terminator 2. I did not know who Michael Bay was at the time, and I think I sort of liked The Rock. All right, so wait a minute. Yeah, I did yeah. Like the Rock. no, I think I sort of liked it oh because yeah. because Nicolas Cage was funny in that film. So yeah, go back, go back. I don't want to be defensive. Well, so number three, number three is Wes Anderson, just because you can't have a list of the '90s. None of us compare our list, but you can't have a list of the '90s without Wes. So I mean, we we have talked about him, so I'll move on to number two. Number two, I'm gonna take a lot of shit for. I'm gonna take a lot of shit for, but this is uh, why I mentioned we were why 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 I mentioned when we were we were. Loving films, we loved blockbusters, and then we loved all types of films. But what really, really shook the '90s was the work of Quentin Tarantino. But this, this is a celebrity director, so he's on, he's on my number two simply for the fact that the '90s, we, we did have love for Tarantino, and we've all forgotten that now. We've all turned our back on him just because of the jackass career he's made for himself, and and his work, his work currently, is is something to behold. But it's not quite what we wanted him to do. But I there liked, is there I, is, I have loves I have the lo- I have the love for the trilogy of the 90s that he did which is Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction which really just kind of opened people's eyes to a different way of filmmaking but but he is he is, <laughs> you can say that he wasn't the first but you can also say that he was the first for a lot of people and it's hard to, it's hard yeah. to ignore him it's hard But no, then he made in many, way, in many ways Pulp Fiction did spark a sort of uh, I think that's really what, even though you know sex films that came before it, Sex, Lives, and Videotapes, The Player, I think it was Pulp Fiction that, uh, you know, very much was the the beginning of the new renaissance that, 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 that this is, you know, this is all my theory, but, but that's kind of where it, where right, right. it was germinated, and, and um, Tarantino, I think he, he led to a lot of horrible cinema, I mean, it wasn't his cinema that was <laughs> It really wasn't, no, yeah. Pretty much every, all of his the copycats were just awful. Robert Rodriguez and, and <laughs> Dude, movies like Boondock Saints. That live in the city of Los Angeles that are making films today and they still <laughs> homage to, to Pulp Fiction with their uh, just... Uh, it, it, no, no, you really can't do that yet. Really you can't, you can't do that wink and study anymore. How he's changed the, the mind of, of the American filmmaker to... Um, to be something that was less than uh, it was striving to be in the 
um, in favor of, of, of just something that's hip and hip and cool. We were also talking about like some of the backlash. There's there's backlashes for certain these filmmakers near the end. Like there was a backlash for him when Jackie Brown came out. There was a lot of people that were just like you know they wanted another pulp. They wanted pulp too. You know, he, yeah. he did, it, we, we, we seem to ignore that, where he, he probably couldn't get arrested there for a while. When Jackie Brown came out, made no numbers, and, and, uh, it was and a three-hour... he restrained himself was, you know, had he done the more profitable thing, he would have, you know, gone and made much more violent film, but it, Jackie Brown is a very kind of restrained, yeah. simple... Very controlled. He's like a movie where he admits he's still learning. But well, I, I yeah, still it's, hard to, it's hard to talk about Tarantino. I still think Jackie Brown would have benefited from less Tarantino style and more, I don't know. I mean, I really like, I kind of like the, I remember the ending is pretty good in Jackie Brown. I think there's good things in there. But um, I think it's tight. But it's Tarantino, tight. you know, I never quite got into him like my I remember friends. People went to film school based on it. I mean, you know, I, I would say in in this in this yeah, uh, we, class yeah, of ninety nine inspired a lot of people in the class of ninety nine. And I believe we were in ninety nine, right, Dave? I mean, uh, so many kids were just talking about that, like saying, and, and a lot of the films reflected that. I remember even Brian was was saying he came in our roommate, you know, <laughs> just another name like, a, like this guy, Calvin, you know, Jim, insane, Bill, everybody, everybody wanted to be like Tarantino. I mean, everybody wanted to make a film like that. He's exciting. Character. For style alone, you know. <laughs> anyway, Nate, but anyway, in the nineties, number one would be the Coen Brothers. But uh, you know, all right, okay. Uh, number all one, right. it has to be the Coen Brothers for me. They made, uh, they had such a, such a dynamic body of work through the nineties. I mean, they, they, yeah. they're, they're, they the best films they did came out. I prefer, I prefer, I do like Fargo as one of the best films of the nineties. I do have that on my list as just you know uh, an aside. But I also think Barton Fink is a very, very unique film. You know, and and, and lean. That's my old Sundance days, the Bravo TV again. But, I, but yeah, I mean, Barton Fink, even Miller's Crossings came out in the 90s, and Miller's Crossing in the 90s. That's a very unique film for them as well. But I, you know, yeah, they were playing with a lot of genres. A lot of, and it was like maybe five, six films in the, to 1995 Very prolific, alone, too, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I'm surprised, you guys, and I'm a little disappointed. We did not talk about Altman in the 90s a little bit. But, ah, well. Uh, <laughs> uh, he had a, you know, he had a low, uh, ready to wear <laughs> Crap in there that, that I can't agree with. Had, um, excuse me. Yeah. You know, had, had the player and shortcuts, but outside of that, I really can't uh, own. Altman's one of those without a generation. Yeah. So maybe I should have put him on there over Doug Lehman. But what are you going to do, guys? We made our list. Yep. Final. It's uh, it's it's there. It's cement and stone. People will remember us for these. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, David, uh, uh, in, the, in the end of the day, uh, we pretty much agreed on everything, and uh, this list might not be as dynamic as it could have been. I wanted to disagree with you more, uh, and I do disagree with fight. you uh, about De Palma, most of all. Uh, no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, I, I think De Palma's all right. <laughs> Maybe. You, you really I'm not going to make any friends with all this. Again okay? again. Yeah. 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 Particularly the Black Dahlia. <laughs> yeah, know, if we we, we can't even do a list now. Put in a word for the departed. <laughs> yeah. Marty's back. And uh, that that film was just uh, a riot. It was a riot, <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad we saw it. Uh, Reverse rocket straight in the ground. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> He's going to win Oscars here. Alec Baldwin, best supporting actor. It was just a lot of fun. So, yeah. David, it's been such a pleasure, uh, I David. Think, I thank God that Mark Scorsese still make itself. Yeah, we all do, right? I mean, come on, he's on our list somewhere. 
David, it's great to have you on here, now, brother. Thanks for coming to the expo with us. Thanks for uh, getting kicked out of Oktoberfest. Thanks for drinking. <laughs> My German friend, David. David Bischke, everybody. Until we speak again, I believe we'll do the, doing the top films of 2006 come January. Yeah, come January, we're going to have a roundtable discussion. We'll, we'll have get, you back for uh, that. We'll get some other people in on that, too. And we'll uh, we'll hash it out for five hours. It'll, yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. five-hour special. Wonderful. Thanks, Thank you, David. I'm so glad I was able to be on your show. <laughs> Thanks, David. Hear me now, brothers. There you it go. It's an honor and a pleasure. <laughs> You're a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks, guys. Thank oh. you, David. <laughs> we'll, call, right. we'll call you later. We'll call you later. Good night, guys. Good night, David. Bye. So that's our wonderful list of the top five filmmakers of each decade. I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I really did over here. So, anyway, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back with some closing statements. Thank you, guys. Broken arrows along the shore. Seems you intended. I guess this is about it. So that's it, huh? We we updated. Season two has started. We updated everybody successfully. This thing is touching my face, man. <sighs> we updated everybody successfully, and in the future, we're going to put out some more uh, jam-packed shows of other things that we um, are kind of obsessed with right now. Yeah. We're going to talk about maybe some movies, uh, maybe some trends going on <laughs> with television. About movies. Um, talking about some TV shows. Some of the books that we've been reading. Uh-huh. Um yeah. And and I and I more and more and more I I've got some prepared statements that I'd like to read about certain you know this show is about entertainment in a big way and uh, and a lot of it is mostly movies and what movies are doing to us and where movies are failing right now mm-hmm. um, and where we feel they are they should be looked at more and what so 
we're we're <laughs> the end of the hat. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't want to get too grand about what the mission is, but I, and more and more, I, I I do want the show to 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 be about what what we're what we I guess we we see and what we watch mm-hmm. and what we read and and what we're excited by, because there's not a lot, honestly, that I'm excited by. But when I'm really excited by it, I want to write theses about it. Right. Oh, I'm the very same way. And I want to call you up at night. And, you know, we've been talking a lot. Yeah, we've had know? some exciting breakthroughs in just – I think it opens your minds. I think it gets you – it sharpens your critical mind to to a point where uh, you, you do you do arrive to a point where you learn a lot from what you're what you're uh, absorbing. And Especially talking about it like we did with working, these movie directors learning, and stuff. I working and learning filmmakers. I mean, we're always – I think as as a filmmaker, or as a, any kind of artist, any kind of creative person, you're always absorbing, and uh, we just want to, you know, we want to give a little, we want to give a little back. We want to share about what it, what it is giving to our life because I think it's touching a lot of people, especially some of the topics we'll talk about. So that'll be something that we do. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and I sitting here. This has been the first day we've been together for about three days. Other than the high fives we have to and from our work, yeah, it's seven. And I'm absolutely bottoming out. This has just been this, October's going to be even worse than September, <laughs> and then and then November's going to be a shit roll. Uh, no, 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 it's all right. And December, Christmas, all this stuff's coming. You're going to get a great present this year. That's all I know. That's all I can promise you. But I hope we make it to Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I may get a bigger tree this year. Uh, so anyway, if you want to contact us at our little our little places, we uh, we have oh, we are hear me now brother at yahoo dot com. That's our main uh, email where we will really be able to address anything, any questions, problems, grievances, whatever you got. Right there. If you want to just go anonymously, check out our lives, uh, get into our personal lives, and check out our per- pictures without even communicating to us. If you want to be a voyeur, you can go to www.myspace slash time is now for me alone. www.myspace.com slash hear me now, brother, all spelled out, is Seth. <laughs> and, and he's got some stuff on there. We'll have some October pictures on Oktoberfest shots, all kinds of stuff. And just go on there. Don't tell us. Just be a creep. Just go on there. Uh, you don't have to email us, you know, just just look at our, you know, because you can go on a MySpace page, learn everything aside from our social security numbers, and uh, ruin our lives. If you want to go to www.myspace slash HMNB, there is our official fan site, MySpace, really getting no traffic, no, I don't even know what the hell you got up there. I went in there, I checked it out, and it's got a picture of the Terminator. Up there. <laughs> I, don't even I mean, I looked at it, it's, it, it I cracked a oh, smile. I haven't that in so long. But uh, Buying Eight Lunch is on there and all kinds of weird shit. Uh, it, it, it's 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 a definitely a novelty. Check it out if you're here, my other bro, a fan. You know what I'm saying? You got any other emails? Was there another email? No, but just uh, like I said, down the feed, we'll have the movie up. Uh, pretty soon after this, so check it right. out. We're gonna have a feed. Let us know what you think of the movie that we did last year. It'll be a lot of fun uh, for you to check it out if you haven't seen any of the screenings or gotten a DVD. If you still want a DVD, just email us and we'll send it out free of charge. Because that's the kind of guys we are. So, from Miracle Mile, from Miracle Mile in Los Angeles, California. This is Nathan from Hear Me Now, Seth brother. From Hear Me Now, brother. And have a good night wherever you are. David, when he drinks, he gets a couple drinks in him, and he does become a, a, a Kinski reincarnated. Yeah, he's a liability. You know? It's like uncaging a Wolverine 
on onto a, a, a room of kindergartners. He, he was he, the minute yeah when he braved it when he had enough beers and he braved the dance store dance floor. He was up all night. There. He was on the dance. Floor. He was, yeah, I didn't see him sit down again. I mean, he was up there he for was, like he was dancing with married women and four and hours alike. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to the day we got in trouble with the the chicken. I believe it was a male. It was definitely uh, a male. Definitely a male grinding with the girls. Uh, there was a there was a guy dressed like a chicken, like a full he six was foot chicken. Straight up costume. using the anonymity of his costume to get it on with any yellow. woman he saw. He was he was grinding, and I grinded with him a couple times. You know, I, he was grinding with everybody in the Congo line. I mean, the chicken was the life of the party, probably. At, Wait, did you see that guy? That was a, that was a man's ass. That was not a woman. <laughs> I didn't. I don't understand get why that, David thought a woman was in. Uh, but supposedly David David had to find out. And you know, tried to open the beak, tried to get that, tried to get the head off the chicken. And, is that what he was doing? I never noticed. Him uh, doing this is that. this is the story. Yeah, I, I mean, he was dancing. He was just like, I think that I think the chicken dance was grinding on him. And the chicken guy, he was like, I gotta find it. I mean, he was like, Are you? He said something about him accusing him if he was male or who is. And the guy was like, You know, blow off. Like he said something to him, and he pulled that hat. He pulled the head off. Tried to. <laughs> he tried to pull the head off. Let's say like opening the beak. All right. Yeah. And before he knew it, he got grabbed by a couple of the big. There was a lot of. I must have been black. I must have sure. blacking out. I I'm, did not notice any of that transaction. I just noticed him gone, but this is secondhand information that David told me. And so he was thrown out of Oktoberfest out the back door and just like a labeled black, you know, like a black label on him so he couldn't get back in. Black. So David was out there for a good hour. I did not notice he was gone. I went to the bathroom we twice. I, I covered the grounds twice. I was like, something's wrong. He might be hurt. And, and, then, I went, and then I put two and two together in my semi drunk mind. Uh, Let's and talk I, with him a little bit. I, I looked he... outside, and there he was. He was like, he was yelling at me, like, "Let me in! Let me! They take me out!" He was, he was. I want to dance. He was nonsensical. He was absolutely. He was jumping over the fence and, and so was I. To get I, dr- I drank so much, I wasn't myself that night. So, uh, and that ended our expo night. We, I <laughs> was a lot. I drove fun. down the we longest. We did make it back. It was the longest ride that I've had <laughs> yeah. in a long time, because going up the mountain takes a half hour, forty five minutes. Going down shouldn't take as much. No. But when you are paying attention so much and you've got so many turns it was almost like an endless amount of turns (laughs) i'm glad you had that right i remember yeah i remember calling about three of my friends and yelling oktoberfest at the top of my lungs on their voicemail because it was late 